you gotta you gotta take the your leadership get together with them tell them this is what we're gonna do and then begin to build those touch points within people's lives it'll keep them connected it'll keep and then if the pastor puts out a general video it will add to that it'll it'll mean something but this is the time to pull out all those tools to utilize them uh, to the best you can utilize snail mail at this time write letters write thank you cards write encouragement but you but use everything you can think of to draw the church close and by doing so you'll keep the congregation with who are the people they they are the church you'll keep them tight you'll keep them close from the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Boyd. And today we're really uh, uh, blessed to have uh, Rob Carmen with us today. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Brian. Well, Rob, we're really thankful for you taking time out to speak to our magazine and and this podcast, and of course, the thousands and thousands of church leaders that listen and subscribe. For those of you listening, Rob Carmen and his wife Ginger are uh, uh, former pastors. Um, they uh, uh, have a extensive ministry at robcarmen.com. And uh, Rob, you're an author, and uh, you do. Well, you were doing a lot of traveling, <laughs> traveling around the globe. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, I first met Rob uh, last year at a conference. And all I recall is, well, I recall a lot, Rob, but I remember you kept hitting people on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So you very, that's kind of something you like to do. But Rob, you've, you've um, created a, a lot of resources for pastors. And I just wanted to have a, just a casual conversation with you today about what's going on in the world, the change in the way the church is reaching its community. And, and if you, if you were, if you had this platform like you have right now to speak to church leaders, what, how are you, what are you telling church leaders today? Well, Brian, I think first of all, we are redefining the word church, which has needed to be redefined, especially in Western culture. Because the word church, as you and I know, is ecclesia, which means the people. And um, what we have done for years in, especially the United States, but all Western culture, is we have become building centricity. And because of that, we've really lost the meaning. We say church, we think of a building. We think of going to church. We think of going to something instead of the people being the church. So what we initially are seeing um, is the redefining of the word church. Actually, it's defining it correctly. And then what I've told um, several pastors in conversation is now's the time to pull out every tool in the toolbox because what we have done for years is people come, they gather, which nothing wrong with that. We want that in a building, we worship God, we hear a message, everybody goes in their separate directions. They might have a small group, uh, 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 you know, whatever they want to call that during the week. They go to that, so on and so forth. That's been the extent, especially in American culture, of what we call the church. But what I've told, uh, in fact, I was on a, a long conversation with a 
good friend of mine that pastors a great church here in Texas uh, yesterday. And I said, now's the time to gather not only the staff, but the core of your leadership together. And I said, put within them several things. First of all, take your mailing list of some 2,000 or 2,100 people, divide that up amongst them. Every person in the church needs to receive a phone call, not a general um, uh, uh, video from the pastor. That's all nice and well, not some little email that goes out on the mailing list and tells everybody, you know, call up other members of your church. That's not happening. They need to get a phone call. So if they divide that up among 30 or 50 people and everybody makes 30 to 40 phone calls a week to the same people with a voice of empathy, which is extremely important, which basically means, uh, how are you? What's going on? Is there anything you need? Those are questions Jesus in the four gospels asked 307 questions. It's a lot of questions, but the most frequently asked question from Jesus to people was, what can I do for you? So you think it's it's not not an email or a text. You're saying, you know, pick up the phone and dial that person. Exactly. You know, we're inundated with emails. We get texts. A lot of them are just uh, that we don't even see some of them because they're just they inundate the inbox. But there's nothing like that human touch. Now, we can't physically do it right now, but we can touch people through the phone. And that's why our voice is so important at this time, because we don't have we don't have the face, the human contact, but we have that voice. That's why it has to be a voice of empathy. It has to be a voice that says, how are you? And if the same people or the individuals are calling the same people on a weekly basis, they start then to really build relationally with them. That keeps the church intact. And without that, the people who are the church, they begin to scatter. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the greatest uh, uh, default, I would say, in human nature is the word forgetting. That's why within the Ten Commandments, it says, remember the Lord your God, because God knows our default is to forget. And it's like a kite. I can put a kite up in the air and I keep letting out the string. It goes further and further and further out. I got to draw that thing in. This is when a congregation, the people have to be drawn in. So we have to use all these contact points to draw them in. Now, I'm not negating a senior pastor putting out a video to all to uh, to all the members. I think that's all those all of these things are valid and they're sure. all important. But don't sure. rely on one of them. Don't don't, don't rely on that on that uh, that little uh, five minute video that the senior leader yeah. puts out once a week to encourage everybody. It's too impersonal. It's too general, and it won't keep a church tight at this time. You gotta you gotta take the your leadership get together with them, tell them this is what we're going to do, and then begin to build those touch points within people's lives. It'll keep them connected. It'll keep, and then if the pastor puts out a general video, it will add to that. It'll, it'll mean something, but this is the time to pull out all those tools to utilize them uh, to the best you can. Utilize snail mail at this time. Write letters, write thank you cards, write encouragement. 
but you but use everything you can think of to draw the church close. And by doing so, you'll keep the congregation, which who are the people, they, they are the church. You'll keep them tight. You'll keep them close. Without that, they're like that kite. They just get further and further and further and right. further and further away. Right. And so yeah. I think that's a, th- those are valid things to do. Um, yeah. I know for uh, Sunday services, of course, uh, many, many churches have gone online if they weren't already. And they are uh, producing or, or broadcasting their services. Uh, some are using the same sanctuary and they're just put a camera up. Some have moved into a small little intimate venue and they're having a one-on-one discussion. Um, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But Rob, I think the, the problem is if there's a big difference in watching church on your phone or laptop or being in a service. And that is, I guess, my ADD kicks in. And, uh, um, and you, it, it's so easy to do 16 other things while you're watching, watching church, right? Well, so actions are huge, especially if you have small children, you're going to have massive distractions. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's great to see churches doing that, but they've got to be innovative in how they broadcast and have chat, et cetera. Yeah. You got about, you go gotta ahead. Everything. You got to pull out all those tools. You've got to. Okay, live stream, great. Um, that's that's just one tool. Um, a podcast from a pastor, another tool. But to back all that up, the back end of this thing has got to be everybody touching somebody. So you you got to, or you you can't just expect it to happen. It's not going to happen because you send out a general email and you tell members of your church, hey, call somebody, do this. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do it. You're too distracted. You have to organize that. You have to purpose that. You have to plan that. And you have to coach them. This is how you put down a list of three or four questions. How are you? And the voice is is vital. If I say, hey, Brian, how you doing? Well, that doesn't mean much. But if I say, Brian, how are you? What's going on? That voice of empathy draws people out and it communicates that I'm taking my time. I care for you. We care for the family. We care about what's going on. I want to know. I want to know what's happening in your life. I want to know the frustrations, the fears, the worries. I want to know the financial conditions. I want to know what you're facing. And that's what will create that connection. Without that, people, and you and I both know that, and and our audience knows that without that, people will, will always assume the worst. And they'll say, well, you know, nobody ever calls me. Nobody ever reaches out to me. It's Mm -hmm. human nature that when communication is diluted or stopped, darkness always comes in. That's why God's first words in communicating in creation, the creation story was light be. So all communication brings light. All lack of communication brings darkness. And people will always believe the worst so communicating empathy, communicating compassion, communicating that we care for you by asking questions, not telling them something, but asking them something will go a long way to keep the congregation tight. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Um, yesterday I was touched um, anecdotally. Uh, the uh, the condo building we live in sent out a condo email to all, all of its residents, Rob. And it said, you know, don't just stay in your apartment or your condo. 
you know, check your neighbors. Do they need anything? In fact, they said, don't go in their door, but reply to this email and let us know if you need something so neighbors can help neighbors. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, look at that. Even, even a, a, you know, a secular organization is doing what it can to reach out and have an impact on the community. So it's, it's really, uh, it's really a time for us to reach out and, and make sure uh, everyone around us has what they need and they're able to, to get through this time. Let me ask you this, Rob, what do you, what do you think the impact is going to be on the church coming out of this? You know, let's say this is a two, three month phase. I I, I don't know that anyone knows exactly, you know, when things may return to quote unquote normal. What do you think the impact of the church is going to be long-term? I think, I think if it's, if, 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 if individual churches handle this right, you know, they'll, they'll come out stronger. They'll come out on the other side of this thing with an explosion of, uh, of growth. Let me give you a, 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 a quick, for instance, in my conversation yesterday with a particular pastor that we help over, give oversight to, uh, one of the things he said, just by doing what they've done up until this point, they know through other people that people that haven't been in the church or even attended a service in a long time are saying, boy, when this thing ends, we're coming back, we're coming back, we're coming back. So if it's done correctly, it'll create that. If it's done incorrectly, it'll create the opposite effect. People will just, they'll, they, they might go somewhere else and so on, because it's, it's, this is where the church, the individual church has to step up and connect in ways that they're not used to connecting in, which then could get them on the back end of this thing to rethink, to rethink church, to rethink mm-hmm. it, it, the, the church is the ecclesia. It's the people. We are the lively stones being built as a habitation for God, not the building. So we begin to, we can carry that forward if we choose to, and I think I think uh, uh, within small groups they can really grow a- as a result after this thing is lifted. People people want to congregate. People want to be with people. Right. That's how we're right. made. That's how we're designed. We're, de- we're we're designed for 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 fellowship and for intimacy. And when you take all that away, loneliness is horrible. So people don't like being, especially you know you've got thirty three percent of Americans right now live alone. It's never happened before. So we've got a lot of lonely people out there that would love a phone call, that would love for somebody to reach out and just talk to them. That's a high percentage. It's never happened before in American history where 33% of our nation is completely alone. The other thought that we've, uh, that we've helped some guys in, and it's actually really caught, and that is if this thing continues, we got Easter coming up. We got Easter, you know, in about a right. That's uh, right. These three, four weeks from now is Easter. Is uh, unless things change drastically, is to do what we call drive-in church, which is everybody pulls up in their car in the parking lot. If they got kids, make it fun. Stay in your pajamas. We're going to bring a thermos of hot chocolate, whatever. I love it. Drive up. They stay in their car, just like the old. Um, Drive yeah, in. Robert Schuller. Robert Schuller did that with Crystal Cathedral back in the day. Yeah, well, that's how he started. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, it was an innovative idea, and it caught. And 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 he continued to if somebody wanted to stay in the parking lot in their car. But with technology today, they could either live stream it from the auditorium, or they can set up a a, a, a flatbed or a stage outside. I've got a good friend in Australia that's going to do it. But the way his his 
parking lot is designed. It's perfect because he's got a big uh, um, uh, like wooden porch outside of the church where he can set up, a, use it as a stage and, and do a live service outside while people sit in their car. If they don't want to come, they can still live stream the thing, but he's hitting it on both ends. And so there's, mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I put out a, uh, uh, a little snippet uh, where our idea, it's actually my wife's idea and sent it out to about 17 churches and a lot of them started doing it. They went online with the thing on Facebook and it, it seemed to have, it, it caught. And so um, a lot of churches are doing it now, not only in the United States, but also right. in Australia. Yeah, I, mean, I think maybe our listeners, some of them might be too young to remember, but pulling into a, a drive-in theater and hanging the little speaker on your window. Yeah, yeah. yeah that and the, the, the horrible AM sounding uh, AM sounding radio sound of the, of the movie coming in. But it was a novel back then. It was something kids would get excited. We're going to go to the drive-in theater, uh, you know, wear your pajamas. We're going to bring some hot chocolate or popcorn or whatever, load it up and and you make it fun. And one of the things I was listening to uh, Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox news the other day. And he said, he said, have happy moments, happiness and health go together. And, uh, you know, you got to do things that bring happiness back into your life because it also builds the immune system. So, you know, these things all work together. A merry heart is good like a medicine. So a happy heart is a healthy heart. Yeah. I have a a friend in the Bay Area in California who's a motivational speaker, Rob, and and he speaks to kids all around the world about uh, – being friends with others, uh, you would you maybe you call it bullying, possibly if they don't use that term. And um, uh, he told me a, a good friend of his was unemployed for a period of time and was home for nearly three months. Mm. And I, I said, "What'd you tell your friend?" And I, he goes, "I told my friend to enjoy the season of rest. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the season of rest." I said, "But how can you enjoy the season of rest if you're stressed out about employment and work?" He said, "Because." Later on, you'll look back and say, why didn't I enjoy this? Now, now I don't know how that applies here, except that I'm thinking about people being home with their families and kids and, and working from home. It, it could be an amazing opportunity for husbands and wives to spend more time with their family, more time with their kids. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I, it's easy to get stressed out about finances and work and meetings and, and toilet paper, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, don't you think it's also a time for, for ministers, leaders, family members to grow closer together possibly and, and really rebond with the family? Well, I do. And unless we uh, see a, uh, the positive in a situation, it'll just add more, more stress, yeah. more aggravation in our personal life, which does us absolutely no good and works against us. So you, we've got to change our focus change our attitude towards it because our attitude will determine our own outcome where this is concerned and look at it just like you said and said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shift here. I'm going to, I'm going to do some things different. I've got more time on my hands. So I'm going to utilize right. it. this thing will pass someday. I, I'll look back. Like you said, it'll just be, it'll be history. And when I yeah. look back at it, I'll realize that I spent that time wisely, uh, which is good because we do live in a very burnt out, stressed out culture as it is. So this could be a time to recoup and rebuild and rethink. And it could very well 
change the outcome in the future of a lot of people's lives as a result of it. Because we have time to actually think. Most people don't think. And and to contemplate. Um, you know, the Bible's big on contemplation. The Bible's big on silence. The Bible's big on all those things that we hardly ever give room to. Be still and know that I'm God. Uh, we hardly are ever still. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. So there's a there's a quietness which brings confidence, which brings strength. A voice from behind me spoke, said, this is the way you should go. Well, the only way I hear a voice from behind me is to stop and in and, and, and what I'm doing, turn around, contemplate and listen. You know, um, seven, no, yeah, 71% of the earth is made up of water. Only 29% is, is, is mass. And so what that says to us in creation itself is, is that water has a soothing silence to it. God loves silence more than he does noise. Um, he put man in a garden when he created him. He didn't put him in a city. And so God loves silence. He loves, and, and because silence creates a contact back with where we are, we could look, spend some time to kind of reevaluate our life and look at our life. And it, it's, it, it also brings kind of a natural healing if we have moments and mm -hmm. seasons of silence within our life. Yeah. Hey, in just a moment, Rob, I'm going to ask you to pray for the uh, church leaders and pastors who are listening to this podcast. Uh, for those of you listening, just a reminder, I'm speaking with Rob Carmen today. You can find out more about Rob and his ministry at robcarmen.com, robcarmen.com. And he's got a lot of great resources, uh, streaming resources, books that are, are meant for leaders to uh, uh, increase your character, increase your, your leader ability. I just made that word up, Rob. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and many, many other topics that I think are, are great and, and you can reach out to him there and, and, uh, he's great about answering questions, et cetera. Rob, before I ask you to, to pray, um, where, where do you feel like pastors can turn to when they need somebody to, to, to bend an ear? I mean, it's, you know, we can go to our pastor and say, pastor, I'm having some tough time yeah. or I need some prayer. Yeah. But where do pastors turn if they need someone to talk to and they need counsel and advice? Well, depending on their age, I think they need to turn to somebody that's had, that, that, that definitely has um, some, uh, a good person, a godly person with life experience. Because, you know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that young men have strength, but old men have experience or wisdom. And so there's nothing like the counsel of somebody that's lived long enough that can put somebody at ease where a situation's concerned because they've seen enough of life to recognize that, that you're going to get past this. You're going to get beyond this. And we've got a lot of, um, a lot of millennial pastors today, uh, that age and a little bit older that need somebody that has, and it doesn't necessarily have to be another pastor, but it just means somebody that has some wisdom in their life just through the fact that they've lived long enough to go through situations knowing that they can calm somebody down. You know, it's the, uh, the old story that I'll, I'll just uh, say this real quickly. The National Geographic did years ago when they, uh, they had a lot of young, what they call young bull uh, elephants that were just running rampant and they tested their blood and their testosterone was off the charts. They were violent. They were fighting. So they took an old bull 
elephant. And they introduced the old bull into the herd of the young ones. And within days, the young ones all calmed down. And when they measured the testosterone in their blood, it went all the way back to normal. And there's something about that introduction. You take a lot of young bulls and you keep them together and um, their aggravation level will, will just go up. You've got to introduce, and the Bible is so big on generations. You've got to always introduce the old with the young and the young with the old. And it's, it's a theme that runs throughout the Bible because they can calm them. They can put things in perspective. They can show them the end from the beginning. They can lay things out and just say, just take a deep breath. They can tell them, you know, I've got a good friend of mine in Mexico, Wayne Myers. He's 98. And every time I talk to him, he'll tell me the same things, but he's always, he'll always say, um, oh, you know, just, he just repeats those same mantras. He's lived a long time. Wow. So nothing's going to alarm him. Nothing's going to disturb him because he's got years of a life experience behind him that he can turn to. So they calm you down. And I think it's essential. If all the pastor does is hang around his own age group, uh, he'll probably get things unrealistic. But if he allows somebody older into his life and looks at them for counsel, they'll calm him down, him or her down, and get them to look towards the future, calm them mm-hmm. down today, and recognize this thing's going to pass. That's great. Thank you, Rob. Let's just take a moment and... and uh say a prayer, write a prayer for all those leaders and, and ask for, ask for God's guidance. If you wouldn't mind, Rob. You bet. Lord Jesus, we lift up before you, every pastor, every church leader that's listening to this right now. First of all, we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that in the midst of chaos, you're in the middle of it and you're right in the middle. People say, where's God? God's right here. You're an ever present help in a time of need. Your presence is amongst you. You've never left. You've never left the situation. And Lord, we thank you for your wisdom, for your counsel. But I speak peace into the hearts of men and women listening, that the counsel of God, the peace of God, the comfort of God, the strength of God, the very energy of God will come back into their life. Let hope and vision arise on the inside of them. Let them see beyond the temporal and into the eternal. Let them recognize that the day will come in the not too distant future. We'll we'll look back at this. And as we look back at this, we'll have learned many lessons that'll improve our life and help our life. Right now we're in the midst of something, but God, we're gonna get through it. We're gonna see beyond the temporal and we're gonna see beyond the, the momentary into what this is going to bring us to. And we thank you for great churches that are going to grow, that are going to increase. The people are going to come back stronger than they ever have before, more determined than they ever have to reach and to touch the heart and lives of people within their community. New connections are being made. The church is becoming the church reaching out in its sphere of influence through the individual again. And that will continue. Through, through in this process and after this process happens. And Lord, for that, we thank you and we bless and let everyone be encouraged, filled with faith, filled with hope, and filled with a future 
that's beyond and better than what they've had today. We bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Well, thank you for listening to today's special episode of the uh, Church Growth Magazine podcast. It's been our pleasure to have you here, Rob. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. More information about Rob and his ministry, uh, please go to robcarman.com. And uh, we always appreciate your, our subscribers and listeners. If you haven't had a chance, uh, Apple Podcasts is a great place to subscribe to the Church Growth Magazine podcast. And uh, you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever great podcasts can be listened to. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Growth Magazine podcast. For Rob Carmen, I'm Brian Boyd. Have a great day.